Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. Good morning. <laughs> yes, it's week two. Welcome, guys. Welcome, friends. And welcome those of you who are jumping online as well. Man, this is going to be a good Sunday, even though it's daylight savings. It's okay. It's okay because, um, man, it's Baptism Sunday. And we are excited. We're so glad. Family and friends in the house as well. I've got my own family in the house as well. I've got my sister and her daughter here. Hey, can you give them a hand? I know. It's Atia and uh, Jenna is in the house. Layla's back there. Yeah creating all kinds of uh, uh, nonsense in the back. So we'll pray for the M kids. By the way, we do need M kids volunteers. So hey, so hey. Uh, but hey, let me, let's, uh, let's jump into our series. So we've been talking about doubt because I think for all of us, uh, doubting seems to be the one thing that needs to be silent when it comes to religious practices, right? Like what I mean by that is that so many religions and so many faiths just want to silence our doubts. And so uh, what I want to do is I want to give voice to your doubt. I know, you're like, what? What's going on? Because I know, I grew up in Islam, and in Islam, you're not supposed to doubt. Like, doubting is like the worst thing you can do. But see, in the teachings of Jesus, God invites us to doubt. And last week, we talked about that God actually, uh, um, through Jesus, he, he made space for us to doubt. Intentionally, he made room for us to doubt. Because, here's the thing, if you've ever read the scriptures, you know this. It's, they're not clear, aren't they? You could just say, just tell me what to do. Like, just tell me, this is it, just tell me, make it clear, and it's never like that. It seems like God never wants to be clear. There's always a story, a parable, did you know, hey, what about this, what about that? I'm like, no, just tell us, just tell us. When are you coming, where are you going, what do I need to do? But no, because God seems to be wanting us to wrestle with our doubts, and in fact, this series, if you don't get anything from this, and if you're joining for the first time, the, I want you to understand that the, us wrestling with doubt does not need to lead in disbelief. No, it needs to lead to, and it can lead to, a deeper belief in God, a deeper relationship with God. If you've never doubted the person that you're in relationship with, even just like in your family, if you've never seriously had doubts about them, how many of you have like, I've doubted them? I have serious doubts about them. Mental health, I've doubted about their mental health. I've doubted about their, you know, rationale. I've doubted about their ability to understand things. I've doubted a lot of stuff, right? It can lead to actually a deeper sense of a belief in them. So I want to give voice to your doubts. And so first week we talked about this idea, does God really care? Like, is there a God who is caring? And today I want to talk about uh, how can you believe and how can we believe that Jesus is the only way? Like, have you ever heard that before? You're like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's a tough conversation to have. And as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know what? Let's talk about coffee. Let's talk about coffee really quick. Uh, because someone just asked me last week, are you a coffee snob? Has ever, anybody asked you that? 
Do we have coffee snobs in the house? Do we, on the chat, yeah, do we have coffee snobs? So, we do? Okay, very high, very high, okay? Don't judge our coffee, hello, okay? Uh, but here's what's funny, though. When someone asked me that, I thought, yeah, yeah, I am. And then I thought, no, I'm actually not a coffee snob. I'm a creamer snob. Yeah. I'm a creamer, right? Those of you who think you're, you're a coffee snob, but you're not really. You're not really. Because people give you and have given me beans from, like, all the remote uh, villages of the Mayan tr- whatever, whatever. And they're like, this is the real coffee. You need to do this. Like, those people, pray for them, those people need help. And they give me this stuff, and they're like, you have to taste this. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do, though. I'm going to put a lot of creamer on this, okay, that has a lot of Splenda in it, a lot of chemicals. I'm sorry, all the Mayans, like all everybody, all those people. I'm sorry. I'm a creamer snob. That's what it is. Now, I do know one person who is a serious coffee snob, and here's why. I don't want to mention his name because I don't think Chris Williams will appreciate it. But I will tell you. I'll tell you, so this guy, this guy drives to Dunkin' Donuts to get his coffee every day. No, no, he's a snob in a sense because, I mean, lovingly, he's a snob. He needs someone to make him the coffee. He's not going to make it. I have tried to buy him stuff. Like, I'm like, there are machines out there with a little bit of, you know, you know what I'm talking about? And you, you get your own Dunkin' D- Donut coffee and you can make it yourself. No. I'm going to, let's see. He's proud of it, too. He drives there, and, and, and I, asked, I talked to him this morning. He drives there to the point where he gets free coffee from Dunkin' Donuts on the weekends. So a couple of questions, a couple, couple of thoughts right here. Okay, let's just talk about this, Chris. First of all, first of all so I don't think you should be operating a, a, a car if you haven't had coffee, number one. Right? You, could, you can't be doing that. You can't be doing that. Now, why did I bring this up? I bring this up because I just want you to know that you might have doubts of Jesus being the only way, but, but the, the rest of the world has serious doubts about that. And in fact, their doubt is connected to the fact that they think that we're snobs when it comes to Jesus being the only way. This idea that we have, the, the, we, we have found the way to God. And so when you ever hear, is Jesus the only way, by the way, which is the question that all kinds of talk show hosts and uh, psychologists or podcast people like to ask spiritual people, especially Christians, is Jesus the only way? And there's always all kinds of like, uh, yeah, I think, yes, it is. And then they kind of, get a, kind of give an answer. To some, they go, yes, it is. And you know what? Deal with it. Deal with it. Which I, I understand that. I understand that. But the other people go, I'm not quite sure. I'm, I'm, well, you know, they're trying to explain it. The reason why is because when you say something like that, with Jesus is the only way, it comes across that this is the only way to have coffee. This is the only right thing. This is the only way to get to heaven. Which, see, I think if you live in the real world, we don't talk about this. And that's why we, in, in a sense, doubt that Jesus is the only way. I will tell you right now that most Christians go... I think he's one of the ways, the best sure, but maybe just one of the ways. And the reason is, is because we don't know how to explain that. And so what I'm going to try to do this morning, which is going to be crazy, because I have had coffee, so hello, hallelujah, okay? Um, I'm going to try to tackle the subject. And by the way, some of you are going to be sorely disappointed by the end of this talk. You're like, really, this is it? This is it. Yeah, see, here's the thing. I'm not a theologian. I'm not a scholar. I'm just a dude who met Jesus, right? And so, and grew up Muslim. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to explain this. And if you want a better message, man, the, if you heard of the Google, the Google is a real thing. 
And there are so many other messages out there. So good, okay? So we're going to just tackle this idea of Jesus being the only way. Because what people hear is there's only one way to get to heaven. And so there's an assumption. The goal of humanity is to get to a place. That's number one assumption. We just try to get to the place and we just have to find our way. That's why people say, hey, 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 there's so many ways to what? God. You go, I'll go my way, you go what? Your way. Well, there's so many ways. My, my Hindu best friend growing up uh, uh, with him, I talked to him recently, for, he's in India right now, and he says the same thing. He's, he t- sends me messages about like, hey, the, here, I, he sent me a picture once, like he had all different kind of gods, which by the way, if you're a Hindu, uh, if you don't know uh, Hinduism, they believe in like all kinds of gods. He's like, oh, man, I put Jesus up. I was like, great, that's awesome. And I'm like, great, that's awesome. Then he starts, he quotes, uh, he quotes me and scripture. He'll put up. But then he'll put some of the other stuff up too. And I'm like, dude, just get exclusive, man. And he's like, stop dating all the gods. Like, get real with this relationship. And he was like, no, 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 no. I, I just like to, I like to play the field. And I'm like, what? No. This is, so we have, we have had all kinds of conversations, which are really fun, about this. Because he's like, I'm like, I'm like I, can't, I, I, I can't deal with all these relationships. i got to deal with one. And so it, I, I just want to make sure I say that because... I don't want this talk to be just uh, fuel for people who already believe and we go, okay, that's what I believe. That's it. No, I want this conversation, this talk to be something that you can share with people who go really seriously doubt, hey, could Jesus be the only way? And so the first assumption is I just want you to make sure you know this. This Jesus being the only way is is not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be, even though it's, 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 it's thought this way. It's not supposed to be us figuring out a way to get to a place. It's deeper than that. It's not that. It's not our path to get to a place. Because there's so much that needs to happen here. And there's so much that needs to happen. And it's not just getting directions to get to the place. It's not about directions. And it's not about a destination. It's about something much more deeper than that. So I want to take you to a couple passages. The first one I want to take you to is John 14. Okay, and in, in the middle of this passage is where we find this um, idea of Jesus being the only way. It's the scripture that people kind of go, okay, you're snobby when it comes to that. Let's just jump in, but I want to read it in context because you're going to see there's something so much more going on in here. Because sometimes when we take Jesus' words out of context, it changes the whole kind of gospel. It changes the whole idea of what he was actually saying. Okay, because if you took my stuff out of context, oh my gosh, and I say all kinds of stuff. Please do not take my stuff out of context, because I will be arrested. Maybe even deported. I don't know. Can they do that? I don't know. I wasn't born here, so anyways, anyways, okay, let's jump in. John 14, and we're going to go from verse 1 to 9. It starts off, and Jesus is talking, and he's saying this. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, let's want you to know the context. The context is he's trying to comfort them, Okay. He's not giving them theology. He's trying to comfort them. Something's going on. He's like, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So right now they're thinking that him, Jesus, and God are two different people. Okay? My father's house has many rooms. Okay, why are we talking about this? My father's house has many rooms. If there were not so, um, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be there where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going and we don't know what you're saying. So 
so how can we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus answered, I am, help me out with this, what does it say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Again, he's alluding to this idea of like this, that you have to get to the Father, but you have to go through Jesus, not with him, through him. Through him. And he's also talking about not just the way, but he's talking about he's the way, the truth, and the life. He, 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 keeps, he keeps on going. Verse 7, he says, and he says, if you really know me, if you really know me, you will know the Father as well. Uh, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. All of a sudden, Jesus goes, you actually know God. You know the Father. And then, obviously, they go, Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the, what? I've seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? How can you say that? Do you know what's going on here? There's, there, first of all, there, he's comforting people and he's not telling them how to get to heaven. He's talking about a kind of life that is grounded in truth, a kind of existence that you, they can step into here and then he talks this idea about that he is the way, the truth, and the life when it comes to that existence. So first word right there is this idea of he is, he says, I am. So he didn't say Jesus is the way. He says, I am the way. You see, there is a difference between Jesus and the Christ. Now you've said, no, 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 name. I'm pretty sure it's Jesus Christ. That is not his last name. Write that down. Okay, it is not Mr. Christ. Do you know what I'm saying? What's your name? Christ. Jesus Christ. No, it's not that. That's not how he introduces himself. There's two different entities here. You're like, what, what, what? No. See, I just want you to understand this. Jesus, right? Jesus is the human who was born. Christ has been there from the beginning. So in one sense, if you think about it, Jesus being born into humanity is the Christmas story that we focus on, we, we, we celebrate. But Christ creating humanity is the creation story. You're like, oh, oh you just lost me right now. I need more coffee. What, what, what? See, I want you to understand that what he is alluding to is very different than what we have th thought. He's not talking about him as a human. He's talking about that he is representing God in human form. He's like, hey, if you know me, you know the Father. And then he's talking about this idea of relationship. But he's saying, first of all, I want you to understand that there is something so much more going on here. I'm not this, I am in human form Jesus, but I'm actually something else. I am the Father. I am the Christ. You see, we don't understand this triunion idea of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and um, God the Father. It's, it is complicated because most religions don't have that. But Jesus insisted there was a divine dance that took place and that creation has been part of that dance. That involves three separate entities. And what Jesus is saying over here right now is that he has come in form. Not Jesus is the third entity or the second entity. No, it's the Christ who's the third entity. So what Jesus is saying is, I've come down here, but my human form is Jesus, but my other form that's preparing away, the other form that is actually part of the Father is Christ. 
Now, if you don't understand this, you're like, I'm still lost. I'm still lost. Jesus has entered into human history. God has smuggled himself into human history. Trying to and has redeemed the world. That's the story. And when he says, I'm going to create a room, it's because he is not just Jesus' human form. No, he is more than that, Christ is human form. So just want you to know, when he says, I am the way, who do you say that I am? I, I am who I am. Who, do, who should I say sent me? I am sent me. Oh, and then Jesus says, what? Who is the way? I am the way. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not Jesus, not this human guy. I am. See, Paul understood this. He writes this down. Because he talks about the mystery of God, and he had serious doubts about Jesus. He persecuted the church because of that. And then God met him. They did a supernatural thing. If you know the story, he was Saul, and then he became Paul. And then so he understands, he, because he has doubted seriously, and then has found himself in a very deep relationship with Jesus. And so he writes this. He talks about this in one of the letters to the church. He says, he reminds them. He says this. Colossians 1, verse 15. He says, Christ, remember, Christ is the invisible image of the invisible God. He's the visible image of the invisible God. Now, Paul is basically explaining what Jesus was telling his disciples. And then he says, he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all what? Creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we what? Can, and what? We can't see. Such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything. Oh, what's that word again? What did I say? Every. What? Everything. Say it one more time. Everything was created, what? Through him and what? For him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation, what? Together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is the body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is the first in everything. For God in his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. What? Stop, stop. More coffee. What? What? Yes, God was pleased, in his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. Not Jesus, but through, in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So much deeper than Jesus the only way. No, no, no. One direction to, to a place, destination and direction. No, no, no. Deeper. Much deeper. Well, see, what Jesus came to tell us is it's like, hey, I want humanity to understand something. There's a father out there, up there, down there, wherever you want to say. And he's the creator. He was the creation of all things. And he wants a relationship, and that relationship seems to be severed. I've come here to tell you that my father has rooms, and I want you to come stay with me. Again, he moves from direction and this idea of destination to a relationship. There is a closeness that God wants to have with you, and it has been lost. There's a relationship that has been affected. I've come to get that back. There's room. 
There's room. Now, I don't know if you understand this, but in the Middle Eastern culture, man, having room enough for your family, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. We had, okay, so my family, there's 20 of us, 20 of us. And we try to make excuses to get together all the time. And room in the house is the problem, friends. Even tonight, I had more family come in. I mean, shoot, I just want to tell you right now, I'll admit this, I'll admit this. I had to share a room with my mom last night. I know. See, don't take me out of context. You're like, oh, I'm going to write this down. No. 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 But, but there, when, when there's too many people and not enough room, you got to make do. Any, can I get an amen or something? Please, make me feel good. Please. Okay. I had to do it. I had to do it. We're, we're sleeping in all different kinds of places. Why? Because having room and staying together is a big deal in our culture. It's, 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 it's kind of offensive to go come into town and get a room at the hotel. No, no, no. Where are you staying? You're staying with us. We don't have any beds. You're staying with us. We have no food. You're staying with us. You're staying with us. You're staying with us. You're staying with us. In this culture, when Jesus says, hey, I want, I'm making room. There's enough room. There's so much room. In fact, there's been empty space for you. There's a space, there's a vacuum that humanity is left and God wants him back. God wants humanity back. See, there's so much more going on. And then he says, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, which Paul tells us he's talking about the Christ. The Christ. So Christ has come in in human form to do something to the world. And what I would say is to restore a relationship that has been broken, that has been set apart. That's why he says, I got room for you. I want to bring you. There is a sense of that. It's not about direction or destination. It's about a deeper relationship, closeness. And see, I just want want you to know that you and I exist in relationship. In fact, everything that you experience exists in relationship. Now, I'm not smart enough to fully understand that, but I do understand basic stuff. Like, for example, I mean, there is a reason why you're sitting on your chair, you're watching from home, right, sitting wherever you are or standing or walking around, whatever, and you're not floating in the air. You're like, I never thought about that. Right. But the reason why you're not floating in the air is because of gravity, because of your relationship to the earth and about gravity's relationship to this planet earth. And so because of that relationship... Because of how it relates to this planet, relates to gravity, you get to sit in your place and you're good. You're good. But that is just Earth, right? Did you know in Mars, in Mars, the gravitational pull is, is, is only uh, like, I think it's 60% less. 60% less. I mean, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? So if you weigh... If you weigh, what? If you weigh like, I don't know, 100 pounds or so, I mean, who wants to move, by the way, to Mars, right? Who wants to do that? You know, in the moon, the gravitational pull of the moon is only 10%. Only 10%. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you only weigh 10 10 pounds in the moon. And because of that, obviously, it has not have enough relationship doesn't have that much of a depth, doesn't have that much of a draw, then we find ourselves floating. I mean, the moon does not have enough of a pull to even keep atmosphere together. Now, why are you, why does this matter? See, I wonder if God is kind of using this idea to illustrate what has happened to humanity. 
that it seems like that there has been a loss in relationship from the beginning story of God. And the beginning story of God created a distance and created an off balance where now we find ourselves spiritually floating all over the place. And God is like, I've got to figure out, I have to restore this balance because the gravitational pull towards me is gone. And so here's this, just, just look at the picture of what God is, what Jesus has been saying and what Paul has been alluding to. He's saying basically humanity has found itself floating all over. Just imagine floating all over around earth because the pull has no longer, is no longer there. And so God has said, I'm going to come down, and because I am God, I'm going to, and, and, and God, Christ, Holy Spirit, one, three, unique, I'm not quite sure how that works, but he is going to birth himself, become one of us, and anchor humanity back and pull it back to itself. Like, that's what basically God is saying. He's, he's coming in and restoring something that has been lost, lost. Like he stepped into human history to restore a relationship, to restore it, because no one else could. No one else could. And that's why you and I find ourselves lost. See, that, why is Jesus the only way? Because it's not talking about Jesus. He's saying Christ is the only way. Why is Christ the only way? Because you were made in him and through him. And by him. And you are sustained by him. So he's saying, he's saying Christ is the only way to restore this relationship. So God was like, what is one way to restore this pull back for humanity? What's the one way? He's like, the only way I can do it is if God in Christ came and anchored himself on earth, pulling us back to restore us. See, that's why you and I find purpose, we find out who we are meant to be, created to be in him. So when he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he's not talking about direction or destination only. He's talking about so much more than that. He's like the only person, the only thing that could restore you is Christ who made all creation. And so humanity, what does it do? Humanity, humanity goes, no, 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 we'll figure it out. And so it tries to find and find ways to restore this pullback. And yet we find ourselves just unable to do it and find ourselves just still floating. Because the pull is gone. It's not been restored. It's not. And we have to keep going. You see, if we just limit ourselves to think, okay, Jesus, how can I believe that Jesus is the only way? Your soul, in fact, scientists believe that your cells, your actual cells hear you. They hear you. They respond to you. That's why your health is so much connected to what you think. So when you and I keep thinking about wrestling with, I can't believe that Jesus is the only way. What your soul hears and what your cells hear is this. Jesus is not the only way, so keep searching. Keep trying. Uh, keep striving. Keep wishing. Keep inventing. Keep, keep trying to make it happen. Keep proving. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. And when humanity gets crazy with that is that when it's convinced that there's no certainty, so they begin to make religions. 
And they go, no, 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 let's just do this. And let's just hope, let's just hope, let's just hope this works, and let's hope this works, and I hope this works. That's why there's so many religion, and that's why, that's why people put their hope in religion, in a set of a belief system. See, the Jesus story is not a belief system and a bedtime story. No, it's not. The Jesus story is how God has entered into human history by the form of Jesus, restoring and all that was lost. You see, that's clearly Jesus even said it. Once asked, right, what did he say? Luke 19, for the son of man. And the, I love this. Because he goes, like, when he says son of man, he could have said, Jesus, I, whatever. He uses it in, in, uh, intentionally. He says, the son of man. Basically, he's saying, the son of man, what you see right now, the reason why the Christ has been born into humanity, the son of man, was for this. For the son of man has come to what? Seek and save what? That which was lost. It's been lost. And so no wonder humanity finds itself lost. Floating, trying to figure out. Could this be the one? Could this be the one? Could this be the one? And so when people say, hey, Jesus is the only way, people will go, yeah, I don't, I'm not quite sure. Because I'm not quite sure because there's a destination. See, it's not about the destination fully, friends. It is about this relationship that God wants to have with you. Jesus is the humanity of God inviting us into a restored relationship with him. That's what it is. That's truly what it is. See, making Jesus, making Jesus the only way is the most inclusive thing God could do to restore us. It is the only thing. It is the most stress-free thing. Making Jesus the only way, and when I mean Jesus, I mean the Christ, it's the most inclusive thing because it's not up to you or me or your heritage or your tradition or your capability or your talent or your personality. It's not based on where you were born. What about the people in India? What about the people in Africa? What about all those people? No, no, it's not about that. It's not about humanity trying to figure it out. No, 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 no. It's about God coming to humanity. It's about God saying the only way humanity could be restored is if I would send the person who created creation because he is the truth. He is the way and the life. See, we think, we think that God is lost. That's why we should find him. Right? I found God. Where? Where, where was he? He's walking around again. Ah, we go to Target and boom, where is he? Right? No, God is not lost. So you shouldn't be focused on finding him. We are lost. And he has come to find us. Because here's the beautiful thing. The beautiful thing about this, this statement, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, is this. God is saying, basically, hey, through, through me, Christ, that has come to restore humanity, I just want you to know, no one else is looking for you. Muhammad is not looking for you. Buddha is not looking for you. There's no one waiting on you. 
There's no one trying to find you. There's no one trying to push away all the darkness in your heart and in your life just to get to you. There's no one else making room for you so we can stay and live together. There's no one, there's no religious system and no deity in a religious system that longs for a relationship with you. There's no one. So when he says, I am the, I'm the way, he said, I'm the only one who loves you. No, you love all those others, but I'm the only one who loves you. And the, my problem, the, the, the thing is, is that when I've come down, I have come to restore all of creation. Because I'm the only one. You know why I'm the only one? Not because I'm special. Because I created all of it. I am the Christ. Christ has come down in Jesus' form. Pulling it back. God has anchored himself through Jesus, pulling humanity back, restoring the gravitational, in a sense, spiritual gravitational pull, restoring a relationship. That's why Jesus is the only way. That's, that's why. And why would he do this? Why would he do this? Why, why, he, he would do this because it's the one way that he can be, he can include all of humanity all, not make it like, well, you need to do this, and then you need to do this, and because of that, your path, you need to do this, and you need to do this. No, 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 it's everybody together. Why? Because God is, wants to not just restore us, or you, or me. He wants to restore all that he has created. See, I don't, I'm not quite sure if I understand this, but I want to try to communicate this. When the fall took place, the story of God tells us when the, that when a spiritual darkness fell into place, when, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, the story basically is that and we don't understand it, but basically all of creation was affected. Not just me and you and hell and heaven. All of creation, and also back there, all of creation was affected. All of it. And so when God comes, he says, I want to restore all of creation, not just you, not just me. And why would he do this? Why would he do this? And people would ask, why, would, why could be this be something bigger? And here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, let me tell you why. 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 John 3, 16. For this is how God loved the what? The world. For God so loved the world. Not just you and me. The world. Everything he was created. Why? Because it came out of him. For God so loved the world. So that he gave what? His one and only son. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. See, why? Why would God do this? Because of love. Why would he make it simple? Because of love. Why would he do the one thing that doesn't require you and I to jump through all the hoops? Because of love. Because he wants a relationship. And what he wants us to do, and all the, the only thing you need to do is just Want enter into that relationship. And so I'm so glad that we're baptizing Maya because it reminds us again what that commitment looks like. It's an outward expression of, of faith that says, okay, I believe. I don't, I don't believe because it's a cool bedtime story. No, it is the story of how God smuggled himself into human or into creation to restore it. I believe that. See, I, I, I can't tell you that I've 
uh, I've followed Jesus since uh, when I was since I was 19. I came here and in three weeks coming to the states, brand new country, just came out of a Gulf War. Um, three weeks later, I met him, and it just changed my life. And so since then, I've been going, you know. And people have, I've argued with people, uh, debated with people. People have said my story doesn't count and it was just a dream or whatever, whatever. And I get all of those. I get all of those. And I, in fact, I've been, you know, asked on like radio shows and things like that or articles and all that. Like, well, what if you had a dream and you, that one dream you had about Jesus, maybe it wasn't true and da, 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 and yeah, yeah. And I, and I, I've talked to Muslims as well. And see, again and again and again, I've said, hey, it's not because I believe something and now I believe something else. How many of you have believed something and then you stop believing it? All of us. You can't unmeet someone. You can't unmeet someone. I was like, so I met him. So I can either lie about not meeting him. Or I can't deny him. I met him. And so what is God doing today as you are watching this? All that he wants to do is he's saying, I have room. I got a place to stay. I want a relationship. Let's go. Can we go? Let's do this. I met. I met. I met. I'm the God who came down because you were lost. And all I want you to do is Let's have a relationship. What would it look like for you to once again meet him? Because honestly, he is the only one who's looking for you, who'll be with you, who'll never leave you, because he's the one who created you, sustains you. He's the one. Your body and all of creation cannot deny him. It's just your mind. <laughs> So let's meet him once again. Let me pray for us. God, I, I uh, thank you for this moment. This moment, God, that we are reminded that Jesus being the way, the only way, is more than a belief system that's exclusive, that seems even snobby at times. God, it's deeper. It tells us that Jesus only existed because there was a Christ who created all of creation and then birthed himself miraculously to become one of us, to pull all of us back to you. So God, I pray and this message that as people in the room and people listening to this, watching this, would meet you. They would meet you. And they would say, Jesus, I, I want to know you. I want to know who you are. Because if I know you, I'm going to understand who I am. Because you made me. You made me. God, I thank you that you would move us from being distracted to just get, trying to get to a place 
It's really about that journey. So God, help us in that. God, I pray that some of us would have the courage to just say, Jesus, I give you my life right now. I want to know you. I want to know the Father. As he's looking for me, I'm going to stop running around so he can find me. And I can look up and I can respond. God, I pray we do that. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.